Praise the Lord. This is Minister Dawn Richards, and I want to welcome you back to our teaching on divine protection. And we're talking particularly about activating so great salvation. So I'm glad that you're still with me. I pray that you are getting so much from the teachings and really beginning to trust God um, in a greater way with your life. And in particular, as it concerns your divine protection, We've covered a lot of ground and we're going to continue because we have a lot more to study out in the scripture, to see what God has to say, and to continue to build our faith in this area. So as the title implies, we're continuing to specifically look right now at activating the provisions that God has made available to us through his word, which he sums up as salvation. If you haven't been with us before now, I really encourage you to go back and listen to the previous teachings that will give you uh, the foundation to understand exactly where we're headed today in this teaching. And we're going to jump right back in. Uh, when we left off before, we were just about to look at Hebrews chapter 10. We were looking at how you actually turn the on switch on, how you actually activate this so great salvation, this magnificent salvation that the Lord has made available to us through Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, we get another answer to really seeing this work for us in our Christian lives. So verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And the he obviously is referring to God. And so as we learn, you know, in Romans 10, 9, and 10, we have to believe what the word of God has to say to us about any area of our lives. And then we have to take it a step further and we have to actually confess what the Word of God has to say. So it's the two together. It's the believing in our hearts and the confession and the saying aloud with our mouths that brings about the results that we desire from God and from His Word. And that same formula applies to any area of our lives as we talked about, including our divine protection, which is the framework that we're looking at and the lens that we're looking through for this series of teachings. And so... Once we begin confessing the word of God over our lives, our job, our profession, what we're called to do, the way we're going to make our living, the way we're going to see this come to pass and work for us is to hold fast to it. It's our profession. It's our way of life. It's what we do. It's what we do. How It's how we do what we do. Glory to God. You know, for an athlete, their profession involves typically rigorous physical training, boot camps, all that to get them ready for that season when they're on the field, when they're, you know, in play mode. And for us as believers, God is saying your profession is to find a promise in the word, believe it, confess it, and hold fast to that confession because it's not going to always happen immediately. It's not like you wave a wand, a magic stick, and then, you know, voila, there you go. Sometimes it will happen that way, but oftentimes we're going to be challenged by, again, that enemy that's lurking out there to see if we really believe what we say we believe. So we're got, we've got to be prepared to stand fast. We've got to be prepared to hold our ground and hold fast the profession of our faith, which is the confession of what we believe from God's word. It's our way of life. And why? Why are we doing this? Because we trust that God is faithful to fulfill his promises in our lives. You know, we don't confess the word one day or one week or even a month or a year. 
And when we don't see the results we desire, then all of a sudden begin to doubt and question and ultimately quit on God. That, in fact, is the fastest way to see all of what you've built and established through your words come to nothing. But to the contrary, we're going to stand. Glory be to God. We're going to hold fast. Just imagine how a bulldog, if he chomps down and if he puts a grip with his teeth on something or even a pit bull, God forbid, you know, they're not letting go. Once they've gotten their their grip and their bite fixed, that's 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 it. You know, that's that's the end. And and our we have to have that same bulldog tenacity, if I could use that as an analogy. We've got to be that steadfast, that resolute, that unwavering about what it is we're trusting God to do in our lives, what it is we're believing God for from his word that we have a right to because we're 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 releasing our faith in the promises of God. We're not making up some pie in the sky thing. We're seeing what God has said to us. He's made us a promise. We trust him. We take him at his word because he's faithful who promised glory be to God. And then we hold fast. And this is how we live the life of faith. Because remember, we talked about our faith really being the key to unlocking the promises of God. And that that is how we activate the provision of God and the salvation of God for our lives. You know, to trust God for your divine protection requires that you actually have faith in what God has said to you about his protection in your life. If you don't believe it, then it's not going to work. But belief in your heart has to be coupled with words that line up with what you say you believe. If you believe that God is able and and willing to protect you, to preserve you, to to sustain you in any situation and circumstance that you come against in your life or that you encounter, then you're going to have to align your words to, to speak that and to agree with that. Otherwise, you'll negate what it is you're actually trusting God to do for you. And it's a simple formula. So once you get it down, glory to God, that's the great thing about it. It's so simple. And once you get it and you, you understand it, which I trust God that you have a renewed, if you've already you know, walked in this, I just pray your faith is being built up even further. But if this is new for you, I pray that this is so practical that you're just laying hold of it and you're beginning to do it in your own life. And I've given some examples and, and I'll give more examples, but you understand it. You begin to walk in it. You begin to obey the truth of the word of God in this area and you will see results. You can trust him. He is faithful who promised, bless the Lord. And further down in the same chapter in Hebrews in verse 35, The Lord instructs us to hold fast to our confidence because faith equals confidence. In order for you to have faith in something, it means that you have confidence in that thing. If you sit down in a chair, you're demonstrating your faith in that chair's ability to sustain you. You're demonstrating your confidence in the structure and what it represents as a chair to be able to sustain you when you sit in it. And similarly, When we have confidence in God's word, we're demonstrating our faith by actually trusting that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to shake in our boots, so to speak. But we can be assured. We can have a peace and a calm about us because we totally trust in, rely upon, and have confidence 
and what God has said to us. Glory to God. So let's go down to verse 35. We're still in Hebrews chapter 10. And here it says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. So see, God here, he's telling us and instructing us not to cast away our confidence. And why is that? Because it has a great payday tied to it. Glory to God. That word recompense represents payment. It's just like when you get your paycheck, you know, your, your employer is recompensing you what they owe you for the labor and the services that you've performed. It's the same way. Our faith has a payday, glory be to God. And that payday is represented by that promise coming to pass and being fulfilled in our lives. But if you let it go, if you short circuit the process, if you let go of that confidence, if you shrink back and you say, well, you know, if God was going to do something, he would have done it by now. You know, it's been two days since I asked him about this or I prayed about this or it's been a month and I'm still dealing with the same thing or it's been a year already. Why hasn't God done anything? No, 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 no. That will cancel out and get you back to square zero. You want to stay right where you are, steadfast and steady. And that's exactly what the next scripture tells us in verse 36. It says, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So faith and patience, I may have already mentioned this, but I want to talk about it briefly. Faith and patience go hand in hand. When you're trusting God, again, because oftentimes when we believe God for something, it's not just about us believing God, but God goes to work immediately. But that could always, that could sometimes involve him maneuvering situations, circumstances, people even to get the answer to us. So God is working behind the scenes, but we don't always see the manifestation immediately. And so why God is working and we're trusting and we're holding fast to our confession of faith and we're keeping our confidence in God and we're believing him and keeping the word before our eyes speaking it out of our mouths. God is moving. And so there is some time that's probably going to elapse between you praying and trusting God and you seeing the answer. What do we need to be doing? What is our, our help during this time, so to speak? It's patience. It's being unwavering. It's being consistently and constantly the same about what we say we believe. And that's really the key to being able to stand strong. Patience isn't just, oh, you know, the traffic was so bad today, and I was, but I was patient. Or the line was long at the grocery store, but I was patient. No, patience goes, patience goes much further and much more beyond that. It's actually an unwavering steadfastness that says, I'm going to be the same today. I'm going to be the same tomorrow. I'm going to be the same six weeks from now. However long it takes, I'm not moving off of what I believe. I'm not giving any ground to the enemy. I'm not going to relax my faith. I'm not going to cast away my confidence. I'm not going to quit on God. But I'm going to stand fast and steady and strong, come hell or high water, until that promise is fulfilled in my life because I know it will be because faithful is he who promised. So it's not a matter of if, it's simply a matter of when.
The scripture teaches us in Galatians that due season always comes. You know, you're going you're gonna to sow and typically it works this way with a farmer in the natural. The farmer sows the seed in the ground and he doesn't typically have a harvest the next day, but the harvest always comes. If he's faithful to water and nurture that seed the way it, desire, the way it deserves and has to be nurtured, then that farmer can guarantee that he's going to receive a harvest so much so that that's what he's staked his life's uh, well-being on. He makes that his profession because he's so confident that he will get a harvest. He's so confident he's going to have a payday. Glory be to God. Just based off of the seed that he's placed in the ground and the watering and the consistency that he's given to nurture that seed, and his trust in the process and in the ground that it's going to yield forth the harvest at the proper time. So just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it's not going to happen, child of God. If God has made us a promise in his word, he is faithful who promised. God is not a promise breaker. He's a promise fulfiller. In fact, he's the one that gave the promise. So he has the wherewithal to fulfill the promise. So we have to stand strong in the face of any contradictory circumstances or situations. And when danger is facing you right on, whether it's danger about your financial well-being, maybe you've gotten a notice that, you know, they're going to have a certain amount of layoffs at your job and on your company. Well, that's not the time for you to go freak out and start telling everybody you're going to lose your job because you're putting that in motion. No, what you want to do is you want to see what God's word has said about you. You know, I remember this exact scenario I worked for a company years ago where it was right around the time when all the tech you know um, dot com you know the whole thing started just falling apart and I worked for a company that was you know in the technology industry um, and they were you know rocking and rolling I mean the stock prices had been just out out off the charts. I mean, people were doing very well. The company was just really prospering. And then when this hit, um, the company began to suffer and they subsequently started making, you know, people leave. I mean, they started with the early retirement scenarios and, and then when that kind of fizzled out, they started laying people off. And when I say laying people off, they were laying people off in increments sometimes of up to 10,000. Well, I was relatively new with the company and, you know, as the motto typically goes, first hire, I mean, last hire, first fired. Well, and you weren't really being fired, but you were being laid off. The net result is usually the same, which means you're not going to have a job. Well, as it happens, God quickened a scripture to me one of the scriptures we looked at earlier in Psalm 91. And in Psalm 91, if you go back, a part of that scripture says, a thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Now, remember I said the company had started laying people off in increments of 10,000. Well, when God gave me that scripture, he, he put that in my heart and he gave that to me to stand on and to trust him that no matter what happened all around me, even up to 10,000 people that my job would be preserved, that he was keeping me and keeping my provision well intact. So no danger was going to come to me in that regard. I wasn't going to be subject 
to what the world was subject to because I had a covenant with God that promised me something different. Glory to God. And do you know that year after year, I was not impacted? And my confession became, along with that scripture, that I wouldn't leave that company until I was ready to leave that company. And that's exactly how it happens. You see, we have the authority to frame our worlds. We don't have to just take whatever the devil wants to dish out or whatever the world wants to dish out. No, God has given us the good life. He's given us access to divine life, which means that we can live above the circumstances and situations of this natural world. And it works in every arena of life. I gave you my testimony of how my life was spared from a tragic, what could have been a tragic accident, a very bad accident, but I walked away from it. What had I been doing prior to that accident happening? I had been doing what I'm sharing with you. I was accustomed to studying the scripture, reading the scripture, confessing the scripture. Many of the ones that we read through earlier in this teaching series over my life on a very regular, if not daily basis, over my family. So it was deep in my heart and my faith as a result was solidified. So when that evil day came, when that day of danger approached, I was ready. God had everything he needed. Everything was in place. And my life was redeemed from destruction. Glory be to God. And it works the same for anybody who will trust God Take him at his word, not give in, not cave, not quit, but stand steadfast, trusting that what God has said will come to pass. So if you're not accustomed to taking God literally at his word, now is the time to start because things are only going to get darker in this world. This world is totally off kilter. All you have to do is turn on the TV for about two minutes and you can see that we're living in what has to be the most dangerous time that the, that the world has ever known. So this is not a time for us to be lazy about our walk with God and about our faith. But it's the time for us to get built up and to really on purpose activate so great a salvation. Because remember, God asked the question. He asked it in the scripture and he, and he asked me that day and he, and he, or he emphasized to me that day. He said, that's why I tell my people, he's talking to his people. How shall you escape if you neglect so great, so magnificent a salvation? The Lord reassured me of his power in my life. And I take it seriously. I make a regular habit of praying and speaking the promises of protection over my life. I didn't just stop then when I escaped one time. No, this is a life. This is the way we live. Remember, it's our profession. It's what we do for a living. It's how we get over in life. You know, people are always looking for a way to get over. Well, the legitimate way to get over is to get over in God. Because we're already, once we become one with Christ, the scripture tells us that we're seated with him in heavenly places far above this world, the devil, his forces, and anything he can try to bring to bear. We're already far above it. So all we have to do is maintain. Jesus has already done the hard part. Now all we have to do is cooperate, cooperate with him 
with his word, release our faith, continue to trust in him. And as we do that, we are activating so great salvation. Glory be to God. And the day will come just as it came for me and it continues to come in my life. It will similarly for you come when the harvest of the words that you've spoken, the words that you've been faithful to speak, the confession of your faith will manifest in your life. Glory be to God. Thank you for listening. God bless you.